In the world of recruiting, some people have seen it all. They built recruiting teams from the ground up, hired hundreds of people in the best companies in the world, developed their expertise year after year. I'm Robin Choi, and I'm on a mission to collect their learnings. These are their stories. Hello, everybody, and hello, Jonathan. Hello, uh, Robin. <laughs> Very happy to, to have you here today. So we chatted initially, I think it was before the next SourceCon Summit. So was it how we got engaged first, where you'll be a speaker? And then I, the more I kept reading about you, the more impressed I was. You, uh, you created a blog in 2016 called Wizard Sorcerer. Uh, which I would encourage people to read. There's a lot of very, very important and interesting information on sourcing, productivity, and recruiting. And productivity will actually be the theme for today's podcast. You also wrote a book called Productivity Hacks for Recruiters, which you were kind enough to, uh, to share with me. So I read the book and I really enjoyed the book because the first half is a lot of best practices very high level things that you can apply in your work, but doesn't necessarily require to use a tool or to do anything. It's just like best practices on how to be best organized. I will go through all this today. And then the second part is about the tools they can use more like what we would tie to traditional productivity with tools, but we'll address both today. So that's the goal for today. Go through all the productivity techniques that you shared in your book. This will be dense. This will be packed. So everybody hang tight. Jonathan, did I um, forget anything in the introduction? Is there anything else that you... Oh, I didn't even mention your experience, your career. So, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, Robin, just again, thank you so much for the opportunity to connect with you on your podcast today too as well. My background, I've got about 12 years of tech recruiting experience. Currently, I'm a senior recruiter at Amazon. And yes, I'm speaking at SourceCon in September about AI, ChatGPT, of course, that's a really hot topic <laughs> for sorcerers and, and recruiters. But yeah, I, I wrote a book about productivity hacks and just happy to kind of talk through different tips and tricks today. Yeah. And we've done a lot of content recently on ChatGPT and AI. So our episode number 58 with uh, Vanessa Rath was one of our most listened so far. So we did a lot of stuff on ChatGPT and we'll obviously touch on ChatGPT and AI today. But also what I really enjoyed about your book is you start with, again, very basic things like how do you stay organized, uh, time management techniques. And that's something that worked 100 years ago that will work in 100 years. It's like basically how do you stay organized? Where do you want to begin? What's the starting point for this? I would say as a recruiter, your time is everything. It means so much you will either be successful or you will fail <laughs> in recruiting and, and sourcing if you don't organize yourself and remain productive throughout your day too. So there's so many distractions now too as well. I know many companies are doing RTO, so you're going back into the office or maybe you're hybrid now <laughs> as well, but it's all about kind of time management and kind of a, a number one thing that I recommend in the book is time blocking. So first off, looking at your calendar and blocking time too. So, you know, it's all about working backwards too. So, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, I did 10 phone screens this week and I've got one person submitted. Um, look at that and work backwards from that. So realize what are your averages? So what are the average response rates? You know, how many people does it take to get to, to those phone screens and eventually get an inclined person to kind of go through your process? But look at your data 
and use that to kind of organize your week by week. So if you are always recruiting for full stack developers, it's good to, to know like, hey, it, on average, it, it takes me about 100 reach outs before I, I get enough people in my process and just doing the math, hey, that's going to take eight to nine hours this week to kind of do that. So, you know, look at your calendar and put a meeting invite and just say, hey, time block for this time to do phone screens or to do sourcing or to do outreach. It's just so vital too. And I work with a lot of entry level kind of new recruiters. And that's something that they just totally forget about too, because you're you're running in so many directions and you're just kind of getting confused and there's just so much on your plate too at the end of the day, but it's all about kind of managing your time well too as well. Yeah, in sales, there is this concept of uh, revenue generating tasks. These are the tasks that generate the revenue and because in sales, you're mostly incentivized on the revenue that you generate, you should focus on these tasks. It's easier said than done because if we look at our week, most of the time we'll see that we're not spending time on revenue generating tasks or higher generating tasks, we could say, or, or placement generating tasks. So one of the things that you recommend is a really sit down, look at your week. And then you also recommend so later, or we can talk about it now if you want, uh, tools to track exactly what you spend your week doing. Uh, there is one that I use that you recommend in your book and that I use myself. It's called Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. You can use it to track your time and know exactly what you're spending your time on. And once you have this, then you can start making decisions and start really spending time on the equivalent to revenue generating tasks. And that requires blocking time. And blocking time also implies saying no. And that's something that you cover in your book as well. Exactly. And saying no well too, because it's all about, you know, what's my first priority too. So kind of making a list in your morning, like here's kind of the, the goals that I want to hit. I want to do this many calls. I want to reach out to this many people and get people through the process. And that should be kind of your, your main focus too as well. And of course, we get Slack chimes or just meeting invites, or maybe someone comes to you on your desk and they want to kind of interact with you. It's really good just to kind of really focus in on kind of your goals and just delegate too. So prioritize what you want to accomplish and, and just focus on that. And, you know, everyone feels like, oh, I got to respond to this email right now and it's urgent. But at the end of the day, it's distracting to kind of go back and, you know, respond to that email or, or Slack chime and and it distracts you. And it, it every time that you take towards that, you're missing out on your opportunity to kind of focus on sourcing too as well. So just huge things. And that's why it comes back to saying no and saying it well to people. And then also just taking your time with communicating back to, to certain people too as well. What's the good way to say no? So you say, say it well, what's a good way to do it? And what's the wrong way to do it? What's a very bad way to say no? <laughs> I would love your input too, Robin, too, on this. But for me, it's just like, hey, appreciate the message. Um, let me respond back to you by the end of the day. So just kind of putting it out there to mm -hmm. or so you acknowledge the you you show that you receive the message and then you give a timeline. You don't reply right away, but at least the person feels heard. Exactly. So mm -hmm. whether it's candidates or your hiring managers or just your, your coworkers, you want to make them feel valued, but also let them know, hey, I am we're busy <laughs> as well, like we are too. So it's 
it's really easy just to like drop everything and focus on one thing. And then you're constantly being distracted throughout your day too as well. So really that's what I, I focus on is just, I put on music and I, I just so focus on sourcing for kind of those 30 minutes. And that's just kind of my sole focus for that 30 minutes too as well. Mm. And another, so another way to say no, it's not exactly saying no, but it's actually blocking time in your calendar. So people see you're busy. A person, a previous in the podcast guest once said like, uh, when you have an interview with a candidate or a meeting with a hiring manager or your clients, this is booked in your calendar and everybody knows not to disrupt that meeting. And why shouldn't it be the case for meetings that you book with yourself? So you should book a meeting with yourself and you're busy. And that's also a signal so that people don't come and bother you. Uh, so I, I found it interesting as well. Another thing is to explain most other people don't have, don't exactly know everything that you need to juggle. So sometimes it works as well to explain and say, okay, I have all these tasks that I need to do. For now, your task is priority two. Do you think that I should move this on priority one? And if so, what do I need to move from priority one to priority two? And that can help as well because people want to pressure you because they don't realize. So that works mostly for your clients or hiring manager. Obviously, not the candidates like they don't care, obviously, and they should. But I found it a good way to push back as well. I love that tip too as well. And then also, I like to always ask either like a manager, hiring manager or candidate, what's the best way to communicate with you too as well? Because some people are way better over messenger or over email. And it's good just to kind of know like, okay, this is the best route for me to, to engage this person back too as well. What's hard is, as you say, recruiters tend to multitask maybe more than anybody in the company. Uh, you need to reply to candidates. You need to reply to hiring manager. You also need to write to work on long-term projects. So that makes the recruiting environment, what you call a VUCA, VUCA, I don't know, you, you spell this environment. Can you explain to us what it is? Yeah, it's almost too much chaos <laughs> as well, where you are kind of tasked with this constant turbulence and it's constant change and you're being tasked to move in a 365 different direction <laughs> as well. So it's it's really important to really structure your day by kind of creating kind of a general outline of what you're going to do, what you're going to accomplish, just because if you allow people to kind of pull you in a million directions, you're just, your head is in a different place and you're just not focused and you're not being productive too as well. So really in the book, it just says, hey, we're used to this in recruiting. Hey, it's constant chaos <laughs> as you as you're aware too, Robin. It's just, there's so many challenges and obstacles that we have to face every day. So the more you can kind of prepare yourself for that and set guardrails, set boundaries with people, create, you know, a guide, create your kind of your process and share that with others too as well on your team. But the more you can kind of put up guardrails, the better your process will become and the more efficient you'll be and more productive you and the whole team will be too as well. Mm. And the VUCA environment stands for, uh, so it's spelled V-U-C-A and stands for volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people can relate with this, like recruiting <laughs> is very volatile. We've seen that, especially recently. Uncertain, complex, you need to manage a lot of different complexity, uh, different interlocutors, different people, and ambiguous because most of the time you don't have very clear guidelines. And so that's why productivity techniques can help. You even go as, as far as to 
explain that people should clean their desktop, their computer's desktop, maybe their actual desktop. I don't think you talk about the Chrome tabs, but every time I talk to a client or somebody who's sharing their screen, most of the time I see like a hundred up in Chrome tabs. Um, so what, what can you say about this, like organizing the desktop? Yeah, the work environment. It's crazy too. When you are sourcing, you have a million tabs <laughs> open <laughs> in sourcing and you're going from different tabs and, you know, there's an extension called Toby extension, which allows you to kind of create different bookmarks of your history okay. and different. How do you spell that? T-O-B-Y, Toby extension. extension. Um, and it's a useful one that I've used. I've also just done, created different folders in my browser too as well within Chrome. And I just kind of created different things where I always go to the same four or five pages as well, but really just kind of making sure that, Hey, you know, I've got the same bookmarks. I'm kind of managing that. I have my desktop clean. I I'm just focusing on these different things. I've looked at so many different desktops of, of sourcers and recruiters. And usually when you look at it, there's millions of <laughs> tabs and folders and it's just, it's kind of chaos too as well. So when you think about it at the end of your day, if it's not organized, you're just going to take extra time to kind of search for things if it's not in the right place. And it's hard to be super organized and, and type A sometimes, but the more you can kind of pre-plan different things, the better you'll be and, and the quicker you will be too as well. Mm. And you also get a lot of uh, cognitive workload at the end of the day. Like uh, if your desktop is busy and it's uh, disorganized, it's just so much like uh, strain even on your on your mind. Yeah, um, you in this like not exactly the same idea, but social media. You mentioned it as well, stopping distractions. What can you say about this? Like to avoid checking even text messages or WhatsApp can be very distracting. So, any advice on this? Yeah, you know the extension that you mentioned, Toggle, and there's another one, Track My Time. You know, I did that for a while, and I, I just kind of tracked my search history on a weekly basis and I would pull up that information and it just dawned on me one day where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm checking Facebook. <laughs> I'm checking Twitter. I'm checking YouTube. And it's not, you know, it's just stuff that I kind of go to subconsciously to kind of check mm -hmm. as well. But I would say for social media, it's good to kind of track your time and, and kind of manage your time too as well, more efficiently as well. Because for me, when I started tracking my time, I realized that I was wasting just all this extra time on social media and it wasn't helping me with my my duties, my core duties as a sourcer too as well. So I would recommend using management tools like Sprout Social, Hootsuite. And for me, if I have an opening, I, it just automatically gets posted on my, my LinkedIn or my Twitter too as well. So just the more you can kind of automate social media, just the better you'll be and Again, at night, you could dedicate some time to kind of look at social media, but primarily I wouldn't recommend just like looking at your phone or WhatsApp during kind of the business day too as well. Yeah. Or if you do it as part of your work, then you have to like time it and just make sure like if you need to write a post or, or post a job on LinkedIn, just make sure that you're timing yourself and you're really focused on doing this, replying to all the questions, all the comments, and then moving on to another thing. Uh, there's another tool that you recommend in your book, uh, which I started using. It's called Freedom. And Freedom allows you to create blocks of dedicated time. So now I have this. I'll do this like 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. and then 2 p.m. to uh, 6 p.m. And during these blocks of time, all distractions are 
blocked both on your computer and on your phone. So you can block Twitter. I used to spend a lot of time, I still do on Twitter, for instance. So you can block Twitter, you can block apps, you can block whatever is not useful and productive. It saves a lot of time. So I, I do like that extension as well. As for the like high level productivity stuff, before we go into more tools, we've been mentioning tools, but mostly in the in the context of high level productivity. What else do you have to say about how to prioritize, how to organize to-do lists, because that's something you cover as well, how to delegate more like mental models to prioritize tasks and create to-do lists? You know, I would say we, we mentioned some really good things. So I really, at the end of the day, it's about setting goals. What do you want to accomplish? And I always like using the, the phrase working backwards. So look at your week. Mm. What happened? Really reflect on it too. So I like to look at my week on a Friday and I even write some things down like uh, from my Monday, like, hey, focus on this or do this and creating kind of small tasks. And I, I use a sheet of paper, you know, just to kind of write down different things. of What do I want to focus on this week? And, you know, really, I want to fill this role. I want to focus on this particular wreck. And I need to get some people in, in, in my pipeline. So what am I going to do to make that happen? So it's just all about creating routines, you know, focusing on what you can control too as well. I know we're in a chaotic situation, but that's going to be really important too as well. And then I always go back to using data. So pull your data, figure out, okay, you know, how many phone screens or how many people are you submitting on average per week, per month? And what is your success rate? What is your you know, on-site to higher ratio, what is your average time to fill? Just looking at those data points and and just recognizing, okay, here's how I can kind of make small improvements. Because if you're not kind of pulling your data, if you're not looking at the numbers, then you're just kind of like out there and in, in, in a different world <laughs> and you're not staying focused as well. And sometimes you can feel like you were productive, but weren't actually. So the same as... Um, I've started running more recently, and when you run, sometimes you feel like this was a great run, but you look at your data and you were actually super slow, and the opposite as well. Like, uh, okay, I was so tired today, so slow, but then you look and it's a new, uh, it's a new personal best, and that's data doesn't lie. So if you track what's happening, doesn't mean that you should be fully a slave to your data. So the opposite would be. Each week you need to send a hundred messages, a hundred LinkedIn messages, but then if you get no reply, it's not it's not useful. So as you say, work backwards, start with the uh, with the end in mind, see how you reach that, but then measure every step, both conversion and volumes as well. And that's a very good way to be more productive. Yeah, I would also add to just um, sticking to that, and and of course work life balance. That's a huge thing in, in North America, but just recognizing, hey. You know, does this email need to be responded after hours, after work hours? Mm-hmm. Do I really need to be on WhatsApp or, or Slack, you know, after kind of my, my nine to five period too as well? I know we all want to like remain productive and, and I know a lot of people have gone more virtually. So you're, you're always on <laughs> per se when you're fully remote during kind of COVID and whatever else, but it's good to disconnect too as well and, and make time for yourself and go running or, or spend time with your family or, or, you know, if it means shutting off your work phone or, you know, turning off your laptop or putting everything in a room, shut it off, relax, and then come back, refresh the next day too as well. And there, there's something that I said when we prepared that episode and that I really like about the book. It's, it's very short. It's straight to the point. So it's actually pretty short. It's like, uh, how many pages? 
112 pages, but there is so much information and so much insights and learning, especially at some point you share a lot of techniques. So you'll talk about a giant environment, Kanban, Inbox Zero, Eat the Frog, the Eisenhower technique, the time bossing technique. Can you go quickly <laughs> over yes. techniques and yeah. try and tell us many people can... <laughs> I, holistically, it's, it's like, hey, how can you manage your time well? So there's different oh, techniques of like, okay, here's how I prioritize A versus B versus C. Or here's how I, I handle my day. Like whatever comes to me, I kind of just start with the flow of kind of eat the frog <laughs> per se. But really, I would say researching all of those and really just kind of realize that, oh my gosh, there are like ways to kind of manage my time more efficiently and more effectively too. So I go in more detail on each one, but the one that I, I really like is kind of just the, I think there's one about just time boxing too as well, going back to the basics, the mm -hmm. fundamentals of that. But for me, it was kind of like a shock because I was doing research on the book and I didn't realize that there's so many different ways to kind of manage your time too as well. And there's so many different techniques. So it's good just to, to realize there's so many different ways to time management too as well. Yeah. And you, the goal is not to use all of them at the same time or not even one of them, but at least know they exist, know why you should be using them, when you should be using them. Same as a, as a toolbox, right? You won't be always be using the screwdriver. You need to use it in specific situations. Same for these techniques. Can you tell us a bit more about eat the frog uh, technique, which is something you, I, I really like, or at least I like the image. And that's something that you mentioned just now as well. That's inspired by a quote. Yeah. So really eat the frog is really just tackling the most challenging kind of things at first mm -hmm. too. So really just kind of go from there and kind of start with the most difficult tasks and then just kind of go and, and almost eat the frog, more or less, go for the most challenging and then kind of go down the list. <laughs> what is the, le you know, the least uh, priority on my list? So it's just kind of tackling the most challenging things of the day. And maybe it's, hey, I got to connect with this hiring manager on this particular rack and, and give them an update and then kind of going down, okay, my last thing, I have to figure out what I want to have for lunch. It's just like kind of going down your priority list and figuring out, okay, <laughs> what is really important and then prioritizing that way too as well. And we tend to do the opposite, right? It's like uh, when you have something very important, but very painful to do, you'll end up uh, cleaning your entire home before doing that thing. <laughs> it's inspired. So why eating a frog? It is inspired by Mark Twain saying, eat a live frog first thing in the morning and nothing worse will happen to you for the rest of the day. So that that's a pretty good... Uh, <laughs> um, cool. And then you talk about how to organize both your calendar and your emails. So can you share a few techniques on this? Yeah. You know, depending on if you have Gmail or Outlook, I have Outlook. And for me, I love to save pre-vetted templates. So if you are sending prepping emails or documents to managers or, hey, here's kind of my loop, I interview, final round construction. And it's kind of the same emails that you send all the time try to kind of save those and save them as templates within Outlook or, or Gmail too as well. And there's other ones that people use like Text Expander that kind of automate different things within your email too as well. But the more you can just kind of have pre-vetted, pre-created templates, the more efficient you'll be with your time too. Because for a while I was just looking at, oh, I've got to send this, this prepping email and oh, I, I saved it on this work doc and I had to kind of go through Source Hub and, and kind of an internal wiki to kind of grab this information. And 
it kind of dawned on me like, hey, I could just save this as a pre-vetted template in Outlook and I could pull it up later on and, and just have it instantly versus it took me three, four, five minutes to find this email that I always sent out anyways. So just trying to to remain productive and, and figure out, okay, this shouldn't take me more than a few seconds. It shouldn't take me five minutes to find a, an email template to as well. Yeah, and those minutes compound at the end of the week because if you save all your email templates, if you sell all your job description templates, interview templates, you have everything well organized. It's really worth it spending the time to organize everything because then it's it's hours that you get back after a week. Definitely too. You also talk about the Gmail shortcuts. No, not is it short yeah, shortcuts? Is that how you spell it? Keyboard shortcuts. Yes. Yeah. Yes, there's a good list of Gmail shortcuts that you can kind of use just to optimize your your folder more efficiently. And there's so many additional plugins too as well that you can kind of use within uh, Gmail too. So one that I really like is called Streak Gmail, Streak for Gmail. And it's just a way to kind of manage your folders within Gmail. And it just helps prioritize, okay, you know, who should I connect with first and, and what takes priority to as well. So it's a way to just to kind of organize your internal Gmail. You can do this with Gmail. You can create labels and you can go pretty uh, pretty deep with just like the basic Gmail stuff, right? Yes, you can too as well. I would recommend a good advice here is take, and again, invest an hour into understanding the tools that you use every day. So if you just take an hour, uh, Google it, Google like a productivity guide for, for Gmail, understand why you can do, invest that hour now and over years, that would be months that you'll save if you master the tools that you that you already use. So you don't necessarily need to stack tools on top of each other, add new tools. Sometimes it's just really understanding how to use Gmail, how to use your calendar, how to use your ATS, really go the extra mile, your recruiting CRM if you have one, yeah, your uh, shortcuts, your email enrichment tools, like go really the extra step. Every time that you use a tool, take time to understand everything about it takes time to understand the shortcuts and it will be worth it. And now we're, we're getting close to the oh, already end of uh, discussion. At the end of the book, you, you share a lot of tools and products. So we mentioned some of them already. What else should we add? What other tools do you think are important to add to the process? Knowing that also the goal is not just to add a tool, just to add a tool because people are overwhelmed. They want to have as fewer tools as possible while still remaining efficient. So what are the tools that people should consider and look at right now? So we talked about kind of tracking your time. So there's many different extensions that help with that. Another one is there's many different ways to kind of create different email templates. So Text Expander is another one. There's a couple other ones that kind of do that where it helps you create pre-vetted templates too. Yeah, there's just so many different tools now. It's it's just ever-changing <laughs> per se, um, but I always recommend uh, getting kind of a, a scheduling calendar app mm-hmm. too as well. So like Candidly or Doodle, or there's a couple other ones that people use now. Prelude is another one where you can kind of use that, send an automated email to someone, get their calendar automatically scheduled to, yeah, there's just so much. And now with ChatGPT, that throws a wrench into everything else. So I, I've been using that just to create different templates for outreach. Just there's just so many prompts that you could kind of use just to remain more productive and and organized too as well. Yeah, and same as everything else, take the time to learn. So ChatGPT, understand how to write good prompts. There is a very good resource. It's called learnprompting.org. 
that's an open source guide on how to learn prompting. I would recommend everybody to listen to this. But then again, the key idea is stay organized, avoid clutter, learn to prioritize, and select the tools that you want to use and really go deep with each tool, understand the shortcuts, understand how to make it make them work better for you. And before we end that, that conversation, any final advice that we can add as a wrap-up? Uh, you know, I would say I know every sorcerer is dealing with so much challenging times <laughs> right now. Currently, there's just so much on our plates and just trying to be more productive and organized will make you just a better sorcerer recruiter at the end of the day too as well. So we'll get through this year and then hopefully next year and the year years beyond, we'll even recover even more. <laughs> but I know we've we've gone through a lot with COVID and pandemic and and RTO and, and just so many different uh, challenging times too as well. Yeah. And everybody needs to prepare for when the, uh, the great rehiring will happen again. That's right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jonathan. And, uh, and we'll keep on following you on LinkedIn and on, is it the sourcing wizard? Wizardsourcer.com. Wizardsourcer, that's it. Okay. There you go. Wizardsourcer.com. <laughs> and we'll check it out. Absolutely. Thanks, Jonathan. Excellent. Thank you so much. Hey there, this is Robert. Most of our listeners come from word of mouth. So thanks a lot for your support. And if you enjoy the players, please keep on sharing it with your team and friends. Stay tuned for the next episode. And if you can't wait, follow me on LinkedIn for more content on recruiting. Talk to you next week.